Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Here in Detroit, we take being the Motor City pretty seriously. I mean, one of our most notable landmarks, it's a huge tire. People around the area, when they're coming home from the airport, you're heading back and you're on 94, they're going to pass by the tire and just think, here I am, I'm back, I'm home. The Uniroyal Tire in Allen Park is so synonymous with Detroit that it might as well be part of the skyline. But what's the backstory? This is The Daily J. I'm Zach Clark. Detroit put the world on wheels. That's the saying around here, at least. The automotive boom in the early 1900s brought a need for all kinds of different car parts, including tires. In 1964, U.S. Rubber built an 80-foot-tall Ferris wheel that was designed like a tire for display at the World's Fair in New York City. So how did it get to where it sits now on I-94 in Allen Park? Well, we can actually consult the book. There is a literal book. Yes, absolutely. On this topic, oh, tell yeah. me. He wrote an actual book on it. It has a narrative for the book. It's got a lot of photos, a lot of recounting of it. And there would be so many people that would post things stating like what they thought was facts about the tire. And some of it was kind of ridiculous. And so I thought, well, what is the real story of it? And so I decided I wanted to research it first for myself just to understand what it was all about. And then I realized that there were so many inaccurate stories you know, want to learn more and more. And then I thought maybe I'd write like an article and get it in like a travel magazine or something like that. And so I started writing and I realized that there's a lot of information that I could include. And so I said, you know what, I'll, I'll make a book. I had written a very small book about the uh, Trenton A&W restaurant, which was the first A&W in Michigan. And I wrote a technical how-to book for using a computer program. So I thought, I'll just I'll write a book. And it ended up being uh, bigger and bigger and bigger. <laughs> So it, it, it grew. <laughs> Stephen Fry, who is the author, was able to actually interview some folks that actually wrote it at that fair before it came back to Metro Detroit. That right there, that is my colleague Annie Scaramazzino talking with Stephen Fry. He wrote the book The Giant Tire from New York World's Fair to Detroit Landmark. The odds are that you're like me and you have a few questions. But one of the big ones is, I got to know, what's it like on the inside? It sounds terrifying. Yeah, I said the same thing. Steven's been in there several times. He said that it is essentially sort of like if you've ever seen a skyscraper being built. It's like a, like a building, but there's no floors. So it is pretty hollow, and it's got like a crisscross pattern of steel, steel framework. It is completely hollow inside, except for the steel framework. I went in the first time when, uh, when I was first researching the book, um, and I've been in there several times uh, since then, you know, and climbed the ladder. So there's a ladder that goes straight up. It's like 80 feet, you know, from the from floor to top. And there's a hatch on the very top, and you can open up the hatch and get to like you know the, the aircraft avoidance light. Um, you can get to it from the uh, from the inside. So you just you climb the ladder. So. Oh, that sounds terrifying. Is there anything to hold oh, on to as you're doing that? No, not really, not really. So it's it's definitely not OSHA approved because it's you know it's not a work site or anything. So. <laughs> yeah, I would imagine so. <laughs> <laughs> so you know you just uh, you know just be careful. Could you imagine driving on the freeway and seeing somebody's head poke out the top no, of it? No, and I also would never do that. I don't even like getting on a ladder to like clean my gutters. <laughs>
something that happens with things that have been around for a while, they become apocryphal. We did an episode on the time Bill Bonds challenged Coleman Young to a fight. That fight, it never happened, but folks will swear up and down that it did, and they'll even tell you who won. The Uniroyal Tire, it has that same vibe. What sticks out to you when it comes to the urban legends? Yeah, I mean, obviously the uh, thought that it broke loose at one point and rolled down I-94 is probably the biggest myth surrounding it. It did not. That did not happen. Shocking. But the story, which I figured was probably just something that had been passed down, rumors and myths or things like that, is actually a real story with real origins, which came from an April Fool's Day piece that appeared in the Detroit Free Press's Sunday magazine. He has an insert into the actual like Sunday paper where they had written a fictional storybook-like story about the tire breaking loose and rolling down I-94. And so people literally think that they remember that happening. It was a very interesting read. It was in 1974. They named the tire Uni. And Uni was apparently jealous of the Goodyear blimp because the Goodyear blimp got all the attention. And Uni figured that was because the blimp could move. So the tire decided that she would break loose from her stand and roll across the freeway, and that's as far as she made it, and then it was a big deal to to get it all cleaned up. That was a very interesting fictional story, and so over the years, people who say that they remember it one time broke loose and rolled across the freeway, it's one of those things where they don't remember that. They remember hearing somebody talk about it or heard about this article. They remember somebody saying that it rolled across the freeway. It was an April's full story. But it was a very well-written and entertaining piece. Like when you're a kid and you don't know if a memory is a real memory or if it's just something you've heard a lot from your parents through the years of a retelling of you eating a bunch of cake and getting a stomachache on your third birthday or something like that. Uh, You don't know if you actually remember having that stomachache or if you've just heard it so many times that you believe it's real. I believe there are some people that read that piece that actually just forgot and thought that they had read it and it actually had happened. What is it about the tire? Why do people love it so much? I am of two thoughts. I agree with him completely that you literally cannot miss the giant tire. It's huge. I mean, it's it's over 80 feet tall, so you can't miss it. It's funny. It's because it's one of these things where people will still talk about the giant stove that was at the entrance to Belle Isle. They'll talk about things that, you know, as they were kids, you know, it always rang a bell. So, you, you know, you think about a kid in the car with mom and dad and they drive past the thing, uh, it's going to stick with them. So it's just nostalgia. I mean, it's just pure nostalgia. And there's and we're losing all, all those uh, landmarks. They used to have a sign, I-94 and 75, that interchange. They had a big sign up there that was, at the time, the world's largest billboard. And it had the production numbers for U.S. automobiles. So as you drove past it, you could see how many million cars had been made that year. And people miss that stuff. Just speaking from my own experience, you know, most people around the area when they're coming home from the airport have to pass by it or often will pass by it on 94 when they're heading towards home. So often if you've been away on a trip or something like that and you're you're heading back and you're on 94, there's a chance you're going to pass by the tire and just think, here I am, I'm back, I'm home. Landmarks, they do come and go. Will the tire meet the same fate as, say, the giant stove on Belle Isle? Is the tire forever? You hear Steven say it's not built to last, but kind of. I think we're stuck with it now. I mean, I don't think it's going anywhere. I feel like the tire is here to stay. They have done maintenance on it periodically throughout the years. It obviously can't last forever. I mean, it's just steel and fiberglass, so 
they did spend a lot of money to make it last several more years at least. So there are no plans of getting rid of it, that's for sure. The property that it sits on was originally Ford Motor Company property and U.S. Rubber, before it became Uniroyal, you know, bought that whole section. So like where Baker College was. So that Baker College building, the original building was the sales office for U.S. Rubber. So that whole section of land from Outer Drive all the way to the point where the tire sits, that was all company-owned. And then over the years, they sold bits and pieces of it off. And now Michelin, the only thing they own is basically the very little patch that the tire sits on. So they retain that intentionally. Stephen told me that when Michelin acquired Uniroyal in 1990, initially they actually considered just doing away with the tire, just getting rid of it. Um, Could you imagine the backlash? Well, and that was the thing, you know, the PR company that was overseeing this whole transition had the wherewithal to just say, they will riot in the streets and be very angry at you if you get rid of the giant tire. And so they retained it. And what they actually ended up doing was, I believe in 1994, they pumped a bunch of money into it. Uh, I think about a million dollars. The Uniroyal tire, it's resilient. It survived a couple of attempts to throw it away. And today, I couldn't picture Detroit without it. I mean, how else would I know that I'm home? Thank you so much to Annie Scaramazzino and Stephen Fry for their work. This podcast would not be possible without the work of our digital team. Check out WWJNewsRadio.com for the top local news stories on demand 24-7. Do you have questions, comments, or concerns about the Daily J? We want to hear them. Drop us a line at DailyJ at Odyssey.com. That's DailyJ at A-U-D-A-C-Y.com. Our theme music was written and produced by Ozone Music and Sound in Southfield. I'm Zach Clark, and this is The Daily J. Thanks for listening. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 